Hallelujah. Are you glad to be here? My goodness, aren't, aren't we honored by each other that we get to come together and, and worship God? And, uh, and my wife is hot. Um, she was on fire this morning. Aren't you glad for that? The Holy Spirit. <laughs> aren't you glad we can tap into something that's bigger than us and we can, we can live in a place that's above what the world lives in? Amen. I, I, the, uh, what I have this morning, I'll tell you what, it is so great. Um, it, it's going to change your life completely. Uh, we're going to talk about love some more. It's just amazing to me how we can just talk about love just every day, the rest of our life. And we're, it's a quest, isn't it? To, to, know, to know the love of God. That's the prayer. We're going we're gonna to go into this prayer. But to know the love of God that passes understanding. And that's a prayer that we should have. Amen? Um, so we're going to go forward on this today, and we're going to take up the next phrase. And it, uh, that, that love actually rejoices in the truth. And what did we say about any of these things that we're looking at? We have to come in, uh, actually coming into the presence of God. Don't you just love some of these songs we sang this morning about, I, I, I will draw close again and give you all I am. You know what that phrase is, is, is a powerful phrase. It's a, it's a privilege we have to draw close to the presence of God by the blood of Jesus. And uh, it's, it's such a valuable thing that we have. But drawing close to the presence of God requires us letting go of everything else. I think Pastor Kim referred to that. And, and in the message of love, there is such a, there's such a power that's being demonstrated in being able to be victorious, and it, and it has to do with us losing ourselves, right? With these, these are some of the elements that must take place. If we're going to love, we have to let go of ourselves, of anything that's about us. Everything. Remember uh, uh, Paul said, it's no longer I that lives, but it's Christ that lives in me. You know what that statement is? It's a love statement. Because what happens with love is you, you, you just lose yourself completely and allow Christ to live inside of you. And now my whole purpose is, you know, is to be everything I can be so that I can be something for somebody else. Amen? And it, it empowers us. Now we can draw by the Spirit to become everything we're supposed to be. All right. Let's, let's get into this this morning. It's going to be great. Let's, let's determine, though, before we do, God's going to change me in a way that's very precious today. It's going to be me that gets changed. Amen? I, when I'm confronted with something that, that, that is not the way I've been, I'm going to be the one that changes. Amen? Let's talk to God. Lord God, we just worship you so much. We thank you that, that you've given us your name. You, you've called us your father. You've, you, you see stuff in us that we can't see, and, and you are a God of faith when it comes to us. You're excited about your dealings in our life today, and, and you're excited to meet us here in this place today. And so, Lord God, we just humble ourselves in your presence and say, we're on the wheel, Potter. <laughs> Make us how you want us to be. And we yield to your will for our lives today. And we give you glory and we give you honor for what you're going to do in each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. So, so we're talking about rejoicing with the truth. And, and remember, this is a contrast from the first part of this verse, right? It says, love does not rejoice in evil. And we talked about that last week. And it, it, 
and we're going to go into some of these words. It'll really open up some stuff for us here this morning. Uh, and we saw what, what happened with rejoicing in evil is getting happy about something that is somebody else's failing in. <laughs> we could have a lot of this going on in the news today, couldn't we? Because there's a lot of people that are falling in bad ways. And you know what? Some, some people are just delighting in this. They're really delighting in it. But that's not the place for the heart of the one who has been loved by God. Amen? If we're going to love the way we're supposed to, if we're going to experience the power and the winning force of love in our life, we're going to have to be willing to, to let go of delighting in somebody's downfall, even if they're our enemy, even if it would do us well for them to fall. Because what did Jesus do? <laughs> he came and gave his life for those who were perishing so that none of us would have to. Amen? So there's the second part of this verse. So it uses the same word, but we're going to look at what this word is because it's a little bit different. It's actually a different word in, in the original. In the translation, it's rejoice. Don't rejoice in evil, but rejoice in the triumph of truth, you could say, when truth triumphs. But I like this. I like this NIV. It says, "Rejoice with truth." Now we're going to see a little bit different. Uh, we're going to touch on on two words in here. That <laughs> there's not too many to touch on, but we're going to touch on rejoicing, and then what the truth is. Because you know, you say, "I'm going to rejoice in truth." Well, <laughs> there's, there's there's a lot that's being asked of you. First of all, the rejoicing part. Okay. Let me do these other translations before we get into that. Uh, the Living Bible rejoices whenever truth wins out. Amplified rejoices when right and truth prevail. Message takes pleasure in the flowering of truth. What is that? When, it, when it's producing. When it's, per, it's, it's bearing fruit that is right. Amen? Okay, so let's look at uh, what this, this um, rejoice is. And here's how it's a little bit different than the first part of this verse that is talking about evil. This is talking about a rejoicing that is almost like a participation with it. And that's why I like it says rejoices with the truth. Okay? Thayer's to rejoice with, to take part in another's joy. Not to just cheer them on, but to take part in it. Okay? To rejoice together and to congratulate. So we could probably come up with a lot of examples, but today is a particular day that somebody's going to rejoice and somebody's going to mourn. Some of it because how much people bet on <laughs> one. <laughs> but, 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 but the bunch that I want to identify with today with regard to this sports this sports event this super bowl that's going to take place i don't really care i'm not betting any money jpi you know it, it's going to be all right if you if your boys win but you, you, you even know what i just said i said his his boys right so when it comes to sporting events you know i, I i've got bronco blood in my veins um I was born in Colorado. It just flows. It just flows in my veins. I, I can't get it out. Sometimes I've really tried to get it out. Man, there were some years that just made me want to, 
uh, even become a Chiefs fan or something, you know, or an Oakland fan or something. You know, it's just that bad. It's how bad they were. They just really humiliated me. Just really bad stuff. But it's in my veins. It's who I am. I'm a Bronco fan. Now, I'm not as much as Hunter. And so Hunter came along, and he, he introduced me to this way of referring to your team as we and us. I had never done that. Even though I'm a Broncos fan, it's got, I, got, I got Broncos blood. It's orange and blue. Even though I, got, even though I have their, their, their blood in my veins, Hunter introduced me to another level of fanship, fanaticism. It's when... No longer are they the only ones on the field. You're on the field with them. Buddy identifies with this with the Cowboys, OSU Cowboys. And if you'll observe him in his living room while he's watching his boys, they are on the field together. He's sweating. (laughs) He might be sitting in a chair, but he is on the field. What's the difference? What's the difference? I can, I'm going to cheer somebody on this afternoon, but I'm going to be rejoicing from afar. JP's going to be rejoicing with. There's a different side of it. To rejoice with requires an investment. It requires an investment of your heart, your time, information. If you take somebody that's I have a brother-in-law, a Tony Caminetti. I mean, he rivals any fan that I know of. He's a, he's a Steelers fan. And one of the most challenging things to him and his fanship has been that he's been, oh, he's, he's, been, he's been called to other parts of the world. And this is something that I've noticed about being a Broncos fan. When you live in Colorado, especially if you live in Denver, it's in the air. All you have to do is go breathe, and you're breathing Orange Crush. It, it's not Orange Crush anymore, but you remember when it was, right? And, and it's in the news. And so, you, man, you can feed on that stuff, and you can, you can get it, and it's information that's all around. It's, it's, on, it's not on the news down. They don't talk about Broncos down here. And if they don't talk about, can you imagine living in, they lived in Italy for years, Singapore, and now they're in Australia. And I think the internet came along just for Tony and the, and the Steelers. Because he can maintain his ability to sweat through a game. By, because how does that happen? It's when you start studying the team. You get information about the players. Buddy can tell you who they're planning on uh, recruiting, Right? <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> you, you can use on the basketball too. He'll talk about the McDonald's. I'd never heard of the McDonald's All Americans. Is that what they're? Uh, they're high school players that they're getting ready to recruit. And this, so so this is how far back it goes. It, it goes back at least to high school. You know, uh, and you start getting to know the people that are going to be on the team before they're even on the team, so that when they're on the team. Not, you're not just observing a sporting event, you're participating in it because you've already invested your heart. You've, you've already invested something in this. This makes sense? 
I'm seeing a correlation in this that this love thing is not just a, yeah, I got that. No, no, there's a participation of your heart. If you're going to actually rejoice with somebody else, you're going to have to find out what they're going through. You're going to have to find out their background. You're going to actually have to care about somebody. It's down to this. <laughs> but can you see how much you're going to have to let go of yourself? I think this is one of the biggest challenges for Christians in America today because we have our we have our shows, we have everything else that's just consuming us. We have our job. Of course we got to take care of our we have to do all these kinds of things. And I'm sorry, but I just don't have time to care about you anymore. Yes, I do. I'm going to send you a text. I'm going to uh, right? But when it comes down to actually being able to rejoice in truth in your life, that's going to come from a different place. The people that are actually fans today of one of the team, the team that wins, they're going to be rejoicing in a completely different way. They're participating in the victory. Does that make sense? This is what love does. It doesn't just cheer somebody else on. It doesn't just pat them on the back, or in football you might hit them on the bum. But it's, it's we're in this together, right? I thought that was interesting. These are two different rejoices. This is rejoice with, okay? And now there's another word in here that's really critical. <laughs> it's the truth. And I'm telling you what. Especially in America, we are challenged in this regard. What is the truth? Because if we're going to actually rejoice in the truth that's bearing fruit in somebody else's life, that's flowering, we're going to have to know what truth is. And that's a big thing. Even, I'll tell you what, in the church especially. Because what is the challenge of truth? Experience who you know, who's going through something. And every time, it goes all the way back to, is the world flat around? Well, you know what? The really wise people of the day thought it was flat because they could tell by looking. Actually, they, they didn't, but they thought they did, right? Because <laughs> if you look right, it's curving, you know, because it, it curves. And how often are there things in our life that we just decide that it's the truth? In, in, our, in, in America today, uh, man, it, it just amazes me how somebody, just by going like this, whatever's coming out of their mouth must be the truth, you know? Just because of the way they say it. And they say the most absurd things as if they're truth. And people actually believe it. But here's a clue. Truth is not waiting on an opinion. Truth is not waiting for you to show up and give your two cents. Truth is without anybody's agreement. That's why it's not progressive. Truth is, is substantial. It never changes. That's why you don't get better than the truth. It's just amazing to me how people can come along 
and decide that they're going to make something better than something that has lasted for centuries. And who are you? But it's a necessity on our part. If we're actually going to, I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm being very tempted to delve in this, so I am going to a little bit. Because it's necessary, though, if we're going to actually rejoice in the flowering of truth in somebody else's life, we're going to have to get very diligent about not assuming that we know what is truth for somebody else. It's not up to us to come up with the truth. It's up to us to know the truth by discovering it where it will never change. Amen? And I, and I, I just want to challenge us as Christians to... Man, some of these verses we're going to look at, is, it's really going to be helpful, okay? Are we good? All right, this, this is going to go real, real quick. Everybody said, uh-huh, right? <laughs> yes. Romans 12, 9. So love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. I just, I just wanted to point this out. There's a sincere part. There's a, there's a real part. That this isn't just a this isn't just a show. We were we were before uh, before the service this morning. We were talking about praise. You know, sometimes you have to put on something, and you can you can you can act the part, and then in acting the part, you can actually become the part. <laughs> I think I think a lot of our actors have 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 assumed that role. They because they've acted the the part of some wisecrack. They think they're wise. You know, <laughs> I think they've taken on that place. And they, they could be, but um, that's up to debate. Um, but there's, there's a necessity in, in, in the, uh, the area of love. If, if we're going to be able to perceive what is good, there has to be a disdain for the evil and then a... God opened my eyes to what is good, right? How many know that our Father is a good Father? He, 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 he is righteous. He is truth. He is unchanging in it. He's substantial. And you know, I love those songs like that. You are good. There's Man, I, I found one I think we might learn here pretty soon. Did you like that new song we did this morning? It's, it's kind of fun, wasn't it? A little different. <laughs> let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let's 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 say these things. But it's not just enough to say you are good. We have to find out what that good is. We have to understand what it is, or else we can be rejoicing in something. Man, this happened just this week, and I, I. I will love all these people. But it's amazing to me how somebody, and, and I'm just going to, can, can we go there? <laughs> that you can say it's okay to murder a baby, to let it lie on the table after it's already been born, and, and you decide and here's here, here's the danger of this is they actually believe this is true. 
They actually believe this is true. So much so that they rejoice in this evil. They shine a pink light on the World Trade Center, and they all celebrate this. Like, why, why, what are we celebrating? That somebody is going to go through the traumatic, because that's what they describe it as, the traumatic choice of whether to kill this child in them or to get by with not being emotionally affected by it. You know, I told my wife, you could, you could say, Okay, here, 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 here's the scenario. Here's the scenario. A mother has conceived a child. And they've determined that this child is going to cause her emotional issues. And according to what they're saying, it doesn't matter all, all the way up to delivery. It's okay to go for the sake of the mother. Right? This is a truth that is being rejoiced in. But let's just say that mother conceived that child, right? And it's been proven that he's going to cause her emotional, psychological stress. But he's six years old. Let's just go ahead and kill him too. What difference does it make? What difference does it make? But the absurdity of the lack of truth... I mean, these, these things are so obvious, aren't they? <laughs> and you know where it all starts? It all starts where they went there this last week. I'm not just being political. No, this is... When you stand up and say that you're going to declare what is moral, and you don't even acknowledge God, you're taking the place of God, and you're calling an inanimate object immoral. And a doctor that destroys a baby in the womb is not immoral. Who are you to declare this truth? All you have to do is say it like this. You know what I mean? How dangerous is this? How dangerous it is. And, 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 and they went ahead and went there with it. They, she... She signed the, the she, she was all for taking so help me God out of their oath. I don't know if you saw that or not. But this is where it all goes. This, it goes to, to God in your life. Now, I, I'm, I'm hitting this stuff hard, but who are we today? We need to be affected by this. We cannot go anywhere without complete dependence on the truth that only comes from God. Amen? And if we're going to love somebody, even these people that I'm talking about, right, I have to find love in my heart to affect them for good. Amen? Because I, I hate the lie that's being given, but these people are swallowing this stuff. I mean, it's, it's totally absurd. <laughs> you know, you, you just wish you could... Say something that would actually affect somebody, but, but these people are, are totally deceived. They're believing an out-and-out out lie, and it all starts with taking God out of stuff. Do you even consider what God says about anything? But you know what? We have to be desperate for what God says, too. 
If we're going to love somebody, if I'm going to love this person that I've been referring to, and I don't mean to just demean, I don't mean to just bring down, but there's a lie that's being uh, you know, displayed here that is obvious. It's, it's, it's worse than the Holocaust. It's more blatant. Uh, these innocent little lives just being destroyed. And, and there's no question about it. I'm, I'm sorry, conception. Conception. Don't wait for a heartbeat. But some of the stuff that's, that's being, and all it was, we need to be challenged as a people because the people of America have allowed this to happen. And the, the Christians in America have allowed this to happen. Like it, they're not going to like, they're not going to vote for somebody because he's a little bit crude. Well, I'll tell you what, I don't care how crude you are. You know how crude Lyndon Johnson was? He, I, th- I think he would put our president to, now to shame. And because of him, there were countless Jews that, that were able to survive. God will use the... It's not about how crude they are. It's what they're for and what they're against. And you know what? God will, God will work in the heart of anybody if they'll do what he tells them to do. You know, they want to, this is the other thing in, in, our, in our nation right now. It's, it's, it's this truth that because somebody did something when they were in high school, that's who they are now. How opposite of God is that? Now, they need to repent. They need to change. But mercy and grace is all about, I'm not the way I was. I'm a new person. They want to label you because you said one word. Now, I'm not, I'm not defending the words. I'm not defending any of that. But can you see how opposite of the truth this is? And yet they'll forgive other people for murdering. They'll, they'll, they'll destroy your life for one word you said 30 years ago but they'll defend you to kill a life. How wrong is this? And it all goes back to good and evil. Now, I just thought about it. If, if you could say, if, if, there, if, there's two, if there's evil and good going on here, and you were just looking at just the, the outside, you were just looking at the, the, the evidence, which would you ascribe to be evil? You know? All right. Did I get in too deep there? Romans one twenty five. So what, what happens? You know, Pastor Kim was talking about an exchange this morning. This is what has to happen for us. We have to exchange lies for the truth. Because we all, we need to just say, God, help me here. Because I've been exposed to a lot of lies. I'm not going to swallow that junk. But what is there in my life right now that I'm not seeing the way it really is? Because I need God to help me with that. I'm not going to assume that I, what I say, just what comes out of my mouth is, is the truth. Unless it's coming from the place that it needs to come from. Amen? And Romans, remember what... <laughs> the, all right. The gender stuff going on. 
you know? That's what Romans is talking about right now. And, and, and I'm sorry, if you're a Christian, where are you going to go for the truth with regard to this? Your relatives? What you feel about something? You know what? When it, to be heterosexual, you've got immoral problems. You don't just say, almost every man can say, well, I was born with a desire for every woman that is attractive. So that must be the way I am. And women could have the opposite problem. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I don't, I don't go to my emotions and my feelings and my dreams to find out what's true about me. I go to the one who made me. He made me with an apparatus that defines my gender. And now I need to, I need to discover what I will comply with that will make that right. Amen? It's the truth. Is that the truth? That's from the Word of God. Male and female created you then. Amen? And he didn't put the wrong thing in the wrong body. He did, no. And, 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 the, and the, 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 the big lie that is being told is that, that, you know, people don't just have mental issues in that area. They have all kinds of different mental issues. They have fear. They have all kinds of things. And to tell somebody it's okay for them to be that way or that that's, that's just as absurd as, as, as the abortion, to tell somebody that that's okay. No, because what you're doing is, is destroying a life. There is hope. There is an answer. But it's not in telling somebody with cancer that it's okay to have cancer. Just go home and live that way. No. There's an answer. There's, there's, there's hope in God. There's not, he doesn't pacify. He came to deliver, not to pacify. All right. They exchanged, now if you read this whole passage, you'll see everything else he's talking about, right? They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator. Now that could be people, it could be, it could be objects. You know, in the Old Testament, the prophets talked a lot about how people, ex- I mean, the Israelites did this, exchanged God for images, that they could make with their hands. Wood that could burn up in the fire. So if, if you read the surrounding, he goes into saying how people, how uh, men exchanged their natural to, to be with another man and said the women did the same thing. He's calling this a lie. This is the word of God, isn't it? Where am I going for what I'm going to get from this? Am I going to some upstart politician that's wanting to pacify a bunch of people that want to live in sin and listen to that? Or am I going to go to what the Word of God says, whether or not it feels right to me or not? Whether or not it's going to challenge somebody in my life that I love with all my heart? Because I love, I love some people that are dealing with these things. I'm not against them. But how am I going to help them? Amen? And, 
and I believe it goes to what this this sixth verse of 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 First Corinthians thirteen is talking about. How am I going to rejoice in the flowering of truth in somebody like that? I'm going to have to begin to participate. And for that to take place, I'm going to have to let go of my personal feelings. I'm going to have to let go of pacifying them. I'm going to have to be willing to challenge. I'm going to have to be willing to bring an answer. Amen? Is this okay? All right. John 8, to to the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. What are we taught? I'll tell you what, I want to challenge us with this, because it's not enough to just get the word of God. It's not enough to just be exposed to the Word of God that that is challenging you in your life and to walk away and say, now I know it, and not do anything about it. Because what you're doing with what you find out about God and how it challenges you is determining what you're doing with truth. If you really believe it's the truth, you're going to change. If you don't believe it's the truth, you're just going to go on the way you were. Is this right? Because Jesus said this. These are, these are Jews that, that, that believed in him, and he said, if you do what I've taught you to do, then you'll be my disciples. And then what? Then you'll know the truth, not just about the truth. It will be something that's a part of your life. Amen? It's not what somebody else told you. It, it's what you received when you heard the truth from God and you acted on it. There's the actions that are necessary. And the truth will do what? It will set you free. What do people need? A lie that says you can stay the way you are? Or the truth that says, no, Jesus came to deliver you from the way you are. Amen? John 14, 6. Jesus answered and said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You know, we're aware of this, but this is something we have to take to heart. Amen? It's going to be about these kinds of things I've been talking about, but when it comes to the area of love that 1 Corinthians is referring to, it's going to have to be an understanding about God's perception of me and also that person I'm, I'm... being challenged with. I'm going to have to defer to the truth about what God says about them. Amen? And in my approach to even dealing with these people that I am very much challenged with, I'm going to have to say, I'm going to get my truth regarding who they are. They're the same price that was paid for me was paid for them. That's the truth. And I can't be on I can't be against them any more than Jesus was. He's for them. Amen. <clears throat> John 14. If you love me, keep my commandments. There it is again, right? 
And I will ask the Father, and he'll give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. Aren't you glad? We have, we don't have to just let whatever pops into our head be called truth, right? The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. Do you, you know, I, uh, man, what was it this morning? <clears throat> Do you ever feel like, well, even like here this morning, there's not a whole bunch of us in here, right, at the, at the moment, but do you ever feel like, man, we're outnumbered? There's not very many people that are a part of the truth. I really believe in the Holy Spirit. I love to pray in the Holy Spirit. I love to pray in tongues. I, you know, we were singing about this morning. I love your presence. I, this is real. And just because the world doesn't see it that way doesn't make it any less so. Amen? In fact, I was thinking about it this way. If you find yourself with not a whole lot of people around you at the moment, you, sh- you might need to be encouraged because that tended to be the way it was in the Old Testament pretty consistently. The masses aren't drawn to this because they're caught up with the world. They're caught up with a passion for the world, the demands of the world, the requirements of the world. They have to follow up whatever the world says. But Jesus said, you... You, begin, you do my commandments. You let what my kingdom is about begin to decide what, how you live your life and what you pursue in your life. And what did he say? He said, I will give you a truth to abide inside of you. I'm thankful for the word of God. And Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. So you could start with the word. You don't have to wait for a word from God. People are waiting for a word from God, and they have the Bible. What are you acting on about the word that you've already been given? Amen? But I'm also thankful that he's given us an unction, a Holy Spirit. But you know what? That Holy Spirit is not something that is active unless you're filling up. It's, it's kind of like your car, you know? Something about my truck, I keep having to fill it up. In fact, the more I drive it, the more I have to fill it up. It's, it's not that we're, not, we're without the Holy Spirit, but we have to stay being filled up with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Otherwise, we go to tap. I've heard people tell me that, that the Holy Spirit's telling them something, and it might as well be them you know, to kill a baby or something. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, there's Christians today that are in support of that stuff. And they would tell you that, that the Holy Spirit's supporting it. How do we, how do we avoid that? How do, we, how do we not listen to a lie? I'll tell you what, staying full of the Holy Spirit, but it's not, it's not just full of the Holy Spirit, it's doing what the Holy Spirit says. Because you know what? The Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He'll come along and he'll tell us something. <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever given some advice? Have you ever had some? Have, have you ever had like a really cool app or, or something? And, and, 
and you've told somebody about it, and they just kind of went, yeah. Have you, ever, have you ever done that? It's like, I thought you thought I was cool and that you would do something that I said because you thought I was cool, and you would like, you, you know what I mean? Have you ever, have you ever gone there with that? <laughs> and, and they didn't, not, not only did they not take your advice, but they, it's like they didn't even hear you. And they still call you their, their, their friend, but somehow in your own estimation, that has changed somewhat, right? <laughs> because if somebody that's really impressed with you is going to do what you tell them to do, just out of honor for one thing, but also because they're being led by you. They're being influenced by you. Is that right? If the Holy Spirit comes along and we get full of the Holy Spirit, we're, 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 we're saying that we're, our steps are ordered by the Holy Spirit, and He tells us something, and we say, especially, you know, we, we come to church, we're being challenged even today. The Holy Spirit tells us to do something in our life, and we, we don't even do it. Are, are we even friends? You know? And are we pretty much the same as the world because the world doesn't know the Spirit. world, you know what? We, you almost can't blame these people for this lunacy because they're in the world. But do we need to be impressed or do we need to be influenced by them? No. But we should be driven back to our answer because we are susceptible to the same things that they are, listening to lies if we are not ensconced in the Word of God and the Spirit. Because there is a spirit of truth that has come to abide in us. But you know, we can ask him to leave by ignoring him and not listening to his voice. Amen? John 16, 13. <clears throat> when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. And I know we're talking about love here this morning, but this necessity of truth is so important when it comes to being able to love somebody. I had never thought about it like this. Knowing the truth is necessary. He will guide you in all truth. He will not speak. And here is the cool thing about this. Wouldn't you think, man, some people are so... They grew up in the church. They know so much word. They listen to everybody. In fact, if you give a sermon, they, they'll come up and tell you about somebody else that gave that sermon, and they did it so much better than you just did because they know a lot, right? <laughs> and don't you dare tell them that they don't know, right? I thought it's really interesting that the spirit of truth doesn't even tell you what he thinks. He defers. Is that amazing? He will not speak on his own. He will only speak what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. So this Holy Spirit that we're saying, he even defers to the word of God. Amen? Don't you like this? People are, are saying today, some of the people that want to lead our country, want to be our president, think that we need to do away with the Constitution because it's become ir irrelevant. Is that amazing? You know, they would do away with the Word of God, too, because that's really irrelevant, especially if you go into Romans 12, right? We can't have that because we know somebody else, and that means that we know more. 
truth remains the same. There's a reason why America is, is as great as it is, and they can stand up and say whatever they want to say. It's because we've been established upon a, some truths that actually came from the Word of God. And our Constitution came from truth that was learned from lies. That other stuff has been proven to be lies over and over and over again. And yet people just want to believe it anyway. So we had some problems with rats in our garage. Ever have problems with rats? Oh, man, those things, and they scare me. And they sh- it's like, I'm scared of rats, you know. They're scared of me, you know. <laughs> so I got those hotels. Don't you like the little rat hotels, you know, that you can put the poison in there? Man, those things really work. So I had to get some more. I, I ran out of the, man, they were loving it. And I was loving them loving it because they didn't stick around. Um, but I got, I got a tub of the replacement, you know, uh, things. And um, <laughs> it's, uh, anyway, so I, I set it out in the garage. And uh, I went to replenish my hotel. And, you know, those little, they couldn't wait for me to replenish the hotel. They ate, they, they ate a hole in the top of the tub to get to the stuff on their own. Is that amazing? So I don't even have to fill up the hotels anymore. They just go get it themselves. <laughs> I don't know. For some reason, I thought about these numbskulls with regard to the truth. They go get it themselves. They're, they're so hungry for lies that they'll just eat up anything. And it'll, you know, if I was, I was thinking about that this morning, there's only one reason why America's great today, and it's not because of a red hat. It's because of a Christians. Because you take us out of this, and those little people that want to give you everything are going to take everything, and we won't have anything. We'll be just like Venezuela. Because that's what taking God out of the equation does. You can't even think logically anymore. It just doesn't make any sense. Because the spirit of truth is necessary if you're going to know the truth and act on the truth. Amen? And this all goes back to love. If you're going to be able to act towards somebody in a way that is godly, You're going to have to put God in the middle of who they are. And the flowering of truth that you desire for them is going to have to be something that you become involved in yourself, just like God did. God looked at us. He he rejoices when we flower in the truth. Because what is the truth? It will set you free. It will bring victory to your life. It will make you an overcomer every single time. And he sent Jesus to make that happen. What was that? that? That was love. That was love rejoicing in the truth even before it happened and doing something to make that happen. Aren't you glad God knows the truth and acts on it? He's asking us to do the same thing, to know the truth about people, to become active in the flowering of that truth in them. That's love. Amen? All right, let me just, this is, this is what Paul talks about here. We're almost done. Are you glad? 
I know you you were wanting to stay till Super Bowl party because this is just so good. You want to? You're just hungry. You're like those rats for the poison, except for the, you're doing it for the good stuff, right? Ephesians, don't you like this prayer? For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for all God's people, what is that? That's the truth, isn't it? Being being flowering in, in their life. I have not stopped giving thanks for you. That's rejoicing, isn't it? Remembering you in my prayers. And listen, listen. Paul doesn't just rejoice. He's rejoicing with. He's participating in what God is doing. He's saying, I'm going to be a part of it. I'm going to pray. I'm going to be active in it. Right? He says, I keep asking the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom. What is that? To perceive what is true. Not to just perceive it, but act on it. Knowledge without action is uh, impotent. Right? But knowledge with action is wisdom. And it produces. He may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. What is this? This is the truth, isn't it? Paul hears about them, and it's not just enough to rejoice in what's already happened in him. He gets active in what he still sees that needs to happen. That's love, isn't it? That's a demonstration of love. I'm not just going to start picking. This is completely on the opposite side of judging and picking people apart and, and de- biting. And Can you see how when this becomes active in our lives, we will become abhorrent of any, any gossip, anything being said about against anybody, because we're desperate for the truth to flower in them. And that's not truth. That's evil. We don't rejoice in that. We don't participate in that. We participate with truth. The truth is faith, isn't it? I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. That's a truth, isn't it? We've all been called to a higher place in him. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power, oh, I I wanted to stop right there. For all of us who believe. Amen? That's the truth that we are to participate in, in love. Amen? It's not to just, oh yeah, I rejoice when somebody, when when there's truth. No, I'm going to have to participate in this thing. And I'm going to have to know what that truth is. Paul gives us a revelation on what that is. It's, what, it's the power of God that is made available to them in Christ. And they need to see it in order to live it. Amen? All of these politicians that are driving me very challenged in this area, I need to become active in participating in the flowering of truth in them. Amen? Because if I expect for God's love to be demonstrated, to be poured out in another area of my life, it will be inhibited by this. There could even be a 
immoral wall put up <laughs> to keep that from happening. There you go. There's an immoral wall. <laughs> because love is not something that just flowers in one in one uh, bed. It 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 only will live as it lives in every area. Amen. Okay. All right, just one more here. Jeremiah 32:40. And this is God talking to his people. He says, "I will make an everlasting covenant with them. I will never stop doing good to them." This sounds like love, doesn't it? And I will inspire them to fear me. Why? Because they need to. So that they will never turn away from me. I will rejoice in doing them good. And I will assuredly plant them in this land with all my heart and soul. Isn't that precious? This is God's passion. This is his participation. This is his heart demonstrated. Love all the way through. Amen? Aren't you glad for that? Aren't you glad that he will equip us in this same thing? It's empowering. It will cause us to win. It will cause us to overcome. Amen? When, when, we, when we begin to activate these things we've been talking about, continue. I've already been seeing victory in my own life. I'll tell you what the biggest challenges you have in the dark areas, you know, people even, even we've talked about anxiety and other things. There is no anxiety if there's no self-focus. If you take the mirrors out of the room, it's hard to, it's hard to be up, uh, frustrated. It's hard to get into fear. It's hard, hard to get your feelings hurt if you can't see yourself. Love removes us, re, re, removes self from the equation, and it becomes all like God. It's, it's like I, my heart with everything that's in me is for the good, and I'm going to be activated towards that. Amen? So now, when it flowers, I, I participate in the rejoicing of it. Amen? There's somebody that might be snatched from a peril that I didn't have any part of. I'll be glad for them, but I won't be rejoicing in them. It's the ones that I participated in, that I've prayed for that I've cared for when, I, when, when, when there might be a direct challenge to me personally, that they might have been, they might have rejected me, they might have treated me in a harmful way. And when I've returned love instead, I've had this same heart that God has for us towards them. When they triumph, when truth triumphs in their life, I'm going to be rejoicing as if I'm on the field, as if they're victory. You know, Jesus did that for us. He said, I came and took the field, so now that when you have victory, I'm on the field with you. Is that good? We triumph together with him. He wants us to triumph together with those that we love. Amen? Father, we thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you for those in our lives 
that we naturally love, that we naturally have emotions for, but thank you also for those in our lives that your love, a demonstration and a representation of your love that you've had for us is required that we cannot do this just out of our own feelings or emotions. And Lord God, I thank you that there, from your word today, you've given us insight in how that can happen. That we can begin to discover the truth about those in our life that we might be challenged with. And our hearts can be moved with gladness and with, with rejoicing. Evil has triumphed over with truth. Lord, we recognize that there's a, there's a, there's a great battle going on. Talk about a, a super event that our nation is just embroiled in, in, in such a challenge of the truth. And Lord, we recognize that we could get caught up in that ourselves, and it, it could be something that that would cause us to to be entangled in bitterness, hate ourselves. Then, in doing so, we'd be caught up in the same lie that we would be fighting. But Lord God, I thank you that that we have a spirit of truth, that we have your word. And that your spirit abides inside of us and, and, and you can speak and that inner voice of your spirit can guide us into the truth. Instead of being bound in the very same thing and coming down to the level of our opponents. Lord God, that we can we can rise we can rise to the to the level of the one who won for us and in doing so God we can begin to lift our nation we can lift those around us we can lift our families we can influence by the triumphing power of love to make a difference that the arm of the flesh will never make. Lord, I, I, I just sense that even today you're calling us to this as a, as a church body. Lord, to love each other. To participate in each other's triumph of truth. To rejoice, Lord God. To pull, to pray. To see those in this body with eyes wide open to the truth. And with feet walking steadfastly in the way of truth. Father, from the position that you're taking us to, I just pray that we would begin to be a light to this community. And that even from our living rooms, Lord God, we could be on the field of our nation right now, participating in a victory 
that is ours to win. We are the salt. We are the light. Help us not to lose our savor, but to be drawn ever more and greatly, God, to the the power of your love in our lives. Spirit, fill us with your truth. Hallelujah. Opre poshuto pokuma, sivati ke shika patesake. Emazida ba zideveku mahojo kubakian, sedebekanti kalandar tipra. Me faranisti ki animachi patsuno bokupakia tipakata. Maratisi di anikachana malovro bulo fulaba lavrene ki ansim brengidi. Marati cenevela tiono kuchale prefere de tikatsaker lavranamato. We pray that thing that you've longed for so much, those things that have been a, a conflict in your own heart, those things that have been a battle, a competition. Those are the very areas to which I brought life. I brought answers. I brought hope. And the victory that you long for is the victory that I've provided for. And the victory of truth in your life is one that I am already and I have long ago participated in. Let me carry you. Let my truth lift you. Rise above that storm. Rise above the lie. You will triumph. You will shine. You will overcome. You will more than overcome. That's what I have done for you. In my blood, in the life that I've lived for you, I've participated. I've loved you. Now, when you take the field, It is my victory. I'm participating with you. And it will be for my glory. And people will be influenced by my spirit as you yield to it, as you walk in the way of light. There's hope for you and so many through you as you love, as I've loved you, as you yield to the truth, as you respond and walk in it. You will be my friend, and I will carry you to places you could never go alone. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you for today. Lord, we just take your word. We, we value it so highly today.
we will be affected, Lord. We'll be challenged in how we see things. Open the eyes of our understanding. Flood us with your light. Help us to know the love of God that passes understanding. To live it, walk it out. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.